Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Previously on Chief Concerns. I played uh, under four of those five guys. I played, I, I, I had Sean McDermott, Sean Payton, mm. Harbaugh, uh, and Andy. So I'm, I'm just looking at it. When you see the list, I was just like, wow. Everything you <laughs> They, they were young guys when they was coming to the league, man. I had them all in, in Philly. I mean, I think it's based off what, what Orlando does as a, as a player. You know, every year, there's a, one player that comes out and, and, and surprises the market at, at what they get, you know. And, and then it's like everybody else is sitting in this category of wanting to get paid in that, you know, that top five. It's the corner where the treat is is this the the passing of the torch, right? Is this what this signifies? It comes down to that that front office and what they feel is most important. The champ is here. We've touched down from a higher plane. Why you landed here? We always look forward to that week because it was always intense. You know that we ain't coming back. We got to the man, the myth, the legend, Dante Hall. My 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 favorite player growing up was Dante Hall. I love you guys in the show, but Dante was my guy. Get to dashing because you done on the war feet. This episode of Chief Concerns is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. The month of June is heating up with a ton of exciting sports action, and BetOnline is where you can find it. From basketball and hockey playoffs to baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and futures, BetOnline has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head on over to BetOnline and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Hey, hey guys, another episode of Chief Concerns. Uh, and I got to say, uh, J.D., I love the Space Jam shirt. That's coming out in a couple weeks. I, I, can't, well, I think it's next week, right? I think next week, yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. Watch my boy LeBron in it. <laughs> LeBron, Bron, and, uh, you know, we got Damon Lillard, uh, the Brown. It's gonna, it's gonna be, a, it should be pretty fun, man. You know, uh, I enjoyed the first Space Jam, so I might watch it, huh? I might watch it. Oh man! But I heard they got Clay Thompson, in, so yeah, I'll, I'll probably watch it. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the first time we've seen him in action in a long time, man. Yeah, too. But the, uh, the the way they uh, they're doing the aliens this year, it's like 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 robots, right? Like it's Clay, uh, Dame, and uh, the Brown. I forget who the other uh, other two are. Um, but they're like robots. Clay Thompson was one. It's uh, Thompson, Dame, and Brown. Who the who the other two? I don't know. It's a good question. Huh. I had to look at yeah, it. But Dame and Clay is a, a good a good one too. So uh, that that team will be set. <laughs> yeah. They got they got the man in here. So. No. <laughs> now they got the man in the first one. <laughs> right, they say they say MJ's making a cameo in this one. He's, he's gonna make a little a little appearance in, in this one. Who? Uh Michael Jordan will be making a little Who? appearance. Who? The goat. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, JD, you're you're a LeBron fan, but you're you're not one of those who says that LeBron's the best of all time compared to Jordan, or do you, do you still see Jordan as the best of all time? Me or JD? 
JD's JD's one hundred percent LeBron. So I, I, I'm, look, I'm a huge LeBron fan. I am, but I think in a conversation of saying the best of all time, uh, I think Jordan still probably still get that nod. Yeah, sure. If we if we had to do right now, okay, real quick, e, give me your top five guys right now. Starting, uh, it don't have to be. Just give me your your five right now. My five. Your five. Yes. Okay. So there's there's my five is going to play into uh, likability also. So it's just not. It, I'm taking Mike. Okay. I'm taking Shaq. All right. I got to put LeBron in. Not, okay. I got to throw Steph in. Okay. And right now, it's hard for me to leave out, like, <sighs> Tim Duncan. Or, like, damn. I'm going to go ahead and go with Tim Duncan. Okay, because I'm leaving out Kobe if I don't. Mm. I'm a Kobe fan. It's hard for me to leave Kobe out. Right. Okay. Right. So, so, you, so you, you add Mike and you got Steph. You know you can't really add Kobe. So, so LeBron's gonna be your point guy. That's what he basically is. So you you gonna put Steph over Kobe? Likeability on my part. That's why I said. I got you. Okay. I got you. I got you. All right. Hmm. My, 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 but overall, just picking a top five, I can't put uh, Steph over Kobe. No. Okay. But for like my team, yeah, yeah, me put a team together, yeah, I, I, I'd have to put Steph in. I got to put Steph in the starting lineup. I don't care who. Uh, what the argument is, <laughs> he, he just got to be there for you. Oh, no matter what, yeah. <laughs> Who's your starting five, JD? Ooh, so that that, all right. Starting five, I had to go with Jordan. I'm going with LeBron. I'm going with uh, Bird. I'm going with uh, uh, Akeem Olajuwon, Dream. Yeah, got to go with the Dream. Got to go with, you know, soccer feet, shake you up. Uh, And then I had to maybe, we're just doing five. So I got Akeem, Jordan, Bird, LeBron. Man, I gotta go with Kobe. I have to. I love. I love to have Mr. Fundamental in there too, Tim Duncan. You know what I mean? I, I would. But if I had to put an All Star team, that had to be my. That'd be my five, right? Okay. Now. So, so hear me out on this here. All right. No disrespect to the older guys. I love Bird. Bird is amazing to me. Like I will always bring him up in like one of the baddest boys I've ever seen play. Yeah. It's hard to pick with guys that have come out lately. Even with Elijah Wan, all the skills he had. Man, I pushed Shaq in his prime. I just can't see nobody stopping him. Even Will Chamberlain with his 100 points. All due respect to him. All due respect to Kareem. Like, Shaq in his prime was just nasty. Like, true. Unstoppable force. But, but yeah. he, he comes in, see, and I guess you could do the, the same with LeBron, you know, talking about his, his free throw shooting. But if you, if you <laughs> foul him, right, you foul him, get him out of there. I think Olajuwon, man, actually gave Shaq the business when, when, when Shaq was in his prime. So that's what I'm looking at. So oh, I, I, And it was back, I think it was back and forth. 
Yeah, I, I had to look at that. I had to look at that. But I know, you know, Akeem, when I watched him, and that dream shape, shoot, come on. Man, soccer feet, couldn't, couldn't find anybody better. And, and Shaq, look, Shaq is the dominant force. I had to, he'd get my nod on the second team, the second five for me. You know what I mean? So that that's how I look at it. But he is, he, he's a dominant force. He, he's, but see, people will say that he's not as good as Will. They just say that. I don't know. Oh. I know it is, you know. But so uh, on the top centers of all time, you go Shaq, Hakeem, uh, David Robinson, Ewing, or what, what would you guys go on your, t- your top five? Oh, no, I gotta centers? put Kareem at three. You got and, and then people will argue that with Kareem being at three because you know a lot of people don't see Shaq as talented. Um you know, he doesn't have the skill set because all he did was he was just a dominant force. You just throw it in the paint, he's just going to turn around and dunk it on anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of the naysayers, you know, uh, professional beat writers, whatever, they they don't like putting him in the top three. So I think the top three have always been like uh, Kareem, uh, Will Chamberlain, uh, Akeem, not in that particular order, but just those three. Right. And then, you know, they like to throw in uh, Bill Russell, you know, especially for what he's done in his career of achievements. So, uh, but me, I'm taking Shaq over all that. <laughs> I hear you. Hey, hey, man, he's a force in the middle, no doubt about it. But like I said, man, I, I think Akeem gave him the business. Shoot, not only just Akeem, I, shoot, uh, uh, Kareem. David Robinson was even nice. David Robinson was nice. No doubt. No doubt. See, and I could take even like a, a Keem couldn't even go like power forward because, you know, Ralph Sampson was a center, you know, when he first got down there at Houston. And then when he left, he became uh, uh, the center then. But yeah, that's, that's, I don't know. That's a good five. Likeability. I, I like how you said that. Likeability. You know, you got, you got to stick with your guns. You got to stick with them. Yeah. And I'm not saying that my, my five is better than what the, majority would pick as a starting five. That's just my five. Right, right. Yeah, and, and Steph's different. I mean, you can't really – you can't really uh, compare another point guard in, no. the, in, in all time no. to him. So, yeah, he's – yeah, that I don't see anything wrong with Steph being in that top five. In, in your five. Um, okay, so – What? Talked, what you know? What you say, no? <laughs> That's oh, his boy. Listen, look, Okay. Uh, point guards, all right. I, okay, they, maybe uh-huh. the nostalgia. Look, I'm talking about AI. I'm talking about uh, uh, Isaiah. AI Thompson. can't do what that boy does. Man, AI, come on. Are you talking about handles? I handles. Look, handles. Man. He came look. out. He had a nice crossover. I give give AI, and he was a threat at scoring. Nobody plays the game stretches the court like Steph Curry, man. Do you think he benefits? Okay, let me ask this question, all right? And I'll end the discussion. Do you think he benefits though off the, off the offense, how they run everything now? Right? It's not as physical game as, as it used to be back then. So it's different. You know what I mean? So I think all that him running through the paint and all that, a couple of clotheslines here. For who? Yeah. Steph running through the paint a couple of times. He ain't got to go through the paint. No, I'm saying you know how he runs through. You know, he's always running off a pick. He always cut it through. It's the same thing that Reggie Miller did. Reggie Miller did it his whole career. So why couldn't he? 
All right, let 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 Carl Malone catch you with one of them big old uh, uh, country elbows coming through there. <laughs> this locate that. So you gonna put him down for one phone. shot? One shot. You gonna put him down for one shot? <laughs> JD, it's 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 a professional sports for a reason. You would hope you would hope that that they would have some type of decency. And if you want to bring that up to say that he would have to go into paint to deal with those, the guys back in those days couldn't even handle his handles to 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 try to to stop him at any given point. And I'm not – AI was the same way. AI just can't shoot the three like Steph. Man, have you have you watched basketball in the last 25 years? What am I missing? Tim Hardaway. I'm not, you're talking about AI. We're talking about people who had handles. Handles. Steph okay. is nothing new as far as hand, having handles now. Steph is – okay, he's, he's in the area where he's in. But there's always been guys that have handles in the NBA. You know what I mean? That, that, that ain't that ain't changed. That ain't never changed. So you could okay, go. So what, are you, what, are you, what are you trying to tell me right now, though? I'm, I'm saying, you know, what he's doing is not unique to him. He has he's he's a great shooter. He has great handles. But I do believe that he benefits off what the game is played today. Now, look, I, look, I'm a Steph Curry fan. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm not hating on Steph, man. To me, I, I think he's a great point guard. He's one of the best. I love Steph. I do. I love him. I'm just saying that because of the way the game is played today, some of the things that uh, he does now, he wouldn't be able to get away with back then. That's all. That's my, that's my argument. I don't know. That's it. Yeah. That's all. Uh, Too talented. He's talented. Yeah, I love him. I love, love his talent. All right. Well, I, I love the NBA talk here, but uh, we're going to fast forward to. Yeah, we're not uh, already wasting 20 right. minutes on this. NBA, so. <laughs> hey, man, it's, a, it's finals week. You know, you, 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 you know, we're going to get caught up in that. <laughs> yeah, you want to edit some of this out. So, we, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so uh, this week, um, obviously, you know, things are, you know, we're as we get closer to training camp, we're starting to see different storylines play out. Um, and this week, um, our first concern. Um, athletic writer Nate Taylor wrote that he expects McCole Harbin to assume the role of the number two wide receiver position heading into training camp. Many experts thought that Demarcus Robinson or Byron Pringle would be the first in line to step up for Sammy Watkins as the number two guy, uh, based off, I guess, skill set and just a you know a body type and just a difference kind of the difference between McCole Harbin and, and uh, Sammy and Sammy Watkins, but. As they both did, also uh, Pringle and Demarcus Robinson did get the reps when Sammy Watkins was out last year. Those two assumed the role, and Hardman really didn't get to fill in for Sammy in that same position. Uh, so, do you all think Nicole Hardman can replace Sammy Watkins and be that number two guy? I mean, I'm not just going to go out there and say um, Sammy wasn't all pro and did you know gave us a thousand yards. So, I mean, not to make it sound bad. Um, you know, because he, he when he came into the game, he was impactful. You know, he made the necessary catches. Uh, he was in the right place. Um, I don't think he fumbled much, if it if at if at all. Uh, a possession guy uh, didn't miss very many. He was just one of those that was kind of fragile. Uh, had a lot of injuries. I think McCole is definitely good enough to to come in and do that. Um, but again, I said he. It's not like we're asking him to come out and get a thousand yards uh, for the season, you know, come out and average a hundred yards or 10 catches or, or, or anything of that sort. So, yeah, I think he has a, the, the tools and the talent to go out and be the, a good number two. Uh, 
I'm pretty sure he's thinking he's uh, wanting to build himself up to be a number one receiver to get a number one contract. So, yeah, he's going to go out and give you all that he's got. Um, but, yeah, I think he's definitely worthy of it. You know, I think – and plus he's gotten the most playing time, I, I would say, because he, he's, he's in on offense and special teams. So, um, you know, he's one of those that's, that's, that's well prepared for the season. Uh, could he be a number two? Yes, he could. But here's a good thing about the offense um, is because it's such a, a transitional offense. You have a lot of variety that I don't think you really have. And that's a good thing about it is because you can put any of those guys as being number two. You could put Robinson Pringle, you know, Hardman coming in uh, as being a second guy. And that's the good part about it because everybody just they're switching guys in and out, switching guys in and out. Uh, so can he be number two? Sure. Let's just say he can. Will that say he'll take a majority of the snaps over Robinson and Pringle? I don't think so. Like I said, I think because of what they can do offensively and everybody has a skill set uh, where they're somewhat similar, uh, he'll get a lot of playing time. And, and I think, matter of fact, you even probably see the, the 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 lineup change probably week in week out. One week he'll be the he'll be the starter. Next week it'll be Robinson, maybe Pringle. So I think you know it's a good good problem to have. But we'll say he's a number two, right? And he like you, you okay? He made a point of you know he he plays special teams. Will that take away from some of his play being out on the field as a starter? Yes, it will. Absolutely, because they want to be able to keep him fresh. Uh, you know, because he's got to take hits, you know, on, on, on the special team. So uh, that may limit some of his uh, his snaps on offense. But I, I think, man, just the offense in itself is, is such, uh, uh, like I said, a transitional system that you can plug anybody in as number two. So, you know, it don't even matter to me who, if he's going to be second or, you know, if you get Robinson or Pringle, like I said. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm J.D., cool. I think you can go in there and be the number two receiver at this point. I mean, hey. Okay. Get up before round two. Yeah, sure. Come on, I'll get in there for about four or five rounds. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes it's always good to get that and start by your name. You know, when you when you look at game started and missed, and you look, yeah. You know, <laughs> you know so. <laughs> so I think, uh, and one of the things I've been seeing is that a lot of Chief fans are just kind of skeptical if let's say Michael Hartman is the one who does take over kind of, you know, takes over what Sammy Watkins did right in the offense. He's that, he's that position. He is what Sammy Watkins was, whether it is Z or X receiver, whatever that, whatever that uh, was. Now, as far as a possession receiver, he's not really built like a possession receiver. He's not built like Sammy Watkins at all. So isn't it kind of hard to see him kind of, you know, just replace him in the offense if that is what they want. Tariq Hill isn't built like a deep threat. You know, Tariq isn't built like a number one receiver, but he goes out and he makes the plays that we need him to make or that he's that he's known to make. You know, you, you can't um, – I guess we can't really say a person is a, is a certain type of receiver because of their body size. You know, Odell Beckham isn't a big receiver. Hmm. Um, A.B. isn't a big receiver. Uh, but they make the plays, that, you know, um, when the ball comes their way. And I think that McCole has within himself. He's played receiver his whole entire life, so he he, he knows what it takes. He's he's got the skill set. It's just a matter of him, you know, coming out and giving us his best for this season, and to uh, you know hopefully prove that he's worthy 
of holding down that spot for for years to come. And like I said, you know, he's planning to get a big contract. You know, uh, he's trying to he's trying to get one of those 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 contracts like uh, Tariq and and, and uh, Kelsey have. So um, I, I definitely think he's he's got the skill set. It's just a matter of him coming out and proving. Yeah, it, it is. That's a fair point. Uh, and and I think because sometimes we talk number two receiver, at least in, in my estimation. Sometimes we think about traditional offenses, right? You know, because we 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 look at size and, and what your matchup was. And so sometimes you split in was a little bit bigger. You know, it was a kind of a bigger guy that you will look at, maybe 6'1, 6'2, uh, possession receiver, uh, is fits the mode of traditional offense. But this is look, this this chief offense is nothing traditional about them, you know, because there's just a lot of movement. There's a lot of guys in different positions. And what they do is they just take advantage. Of, of defenses because it's all about matchups to them. So you'll see him on the inside. You see him on the outside. He's going in, you know, in, in motion, you know, for the reverse. So yeah, that's traditional. Yeah. The X is going to be, you know, your, your, your top guy, you know, six foot quick, fast, your split is going to be a bigger guy, possession receiver, you know, then you're going to have the tight end. But like I said, man, it's, it, everything's done change, you know? So uh, in these guys, man, it, what makes them so dangerous is because of their skill set and their speed. Like he said, man, he, look, nobody thought Tyreek Hill was going to be a deep threat. You would think he's more like, you know, the little little guy inside moving around, which he is doing that. But he get out on, on deep, he's taking the top off the defense. <laughs> sure, ain't nobody going to get behind him. So that's yeah. about it, man. He, he just, you know, he just going to outrun everybody. So that's that's a good thing. And then, like I said, we got to talk about 15 back there. He's going to be able to get the ball to you. You don't care how big you are, how small you are. Look. He will get the ball to you when he needs to. And these guys are going to be able to get open. So that's what I love about the offense in itself because uh, guys have a freedom, you know, to move around uh, and kind of make plays. So you're not really stuck in a, in, in a certain route. You can make uh, adjustments. So, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, it's you know what I'm rooting for McCall Harbin. I know he's got a lot of like a lot of you know, obviously we talk about Twitter and people you know he's one of those guys that he's easy to to, to, to bag on and that that's been a lot a lot of she fans have been doing that uh, when it comes to him because he hasn't really lived up to his second round expectations you know as you know some would say um, but this year he's you know we didn't we didn't bring in another receiver we drafted Cornell Powell late in the draft you know it's all eyes are on him and we're obviously Reed you know obviously in Beach. Expect a lot out of him this year, so I'm I'm, I'm rooting for. We him. also had some bigger issues that we needed to address. Also, you know, offensive line was what we needed to hit. Yeah, and so we needed to use those uh, those picks uh, to 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 beefing up that offensive line. And then that's that's still nothing to, to take away from what uh, McCole's done. Uh, I, I'm like Jason. What Jason's been saying throughout the year, like I think that our our starting core or our, our wide receiver core is good enough to get get it done for the season. You know, as long as we have the protection up front for, for, for my homes to get the ball out, you know, I'm, 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 I'm good with what we have as, as a wide receiver core. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look, we talked about this on the other show too. You're talking about putting in, you know, two tight end packages, right. You know, double tight end. And then we talk about the, the ability for the backs coming out the back to catch the football as well. So I just think, man, we, we're kind of particular in a, the things that we're, we're able to do offensively as opposed to other teams. And, and, and like he said, man, I, I love the room. I love when you, when you open up the door in a room and you're looking and you sit over and just look at it, speed, 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 playmaker, 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 man, that's a beautiful feeling. 
You yeah. know, first thing you do, open up the room, you start looking around like, oh, shoot. Uh-uh. <laughs> you got to get somebody else in there. <laughs> Coach, we got to do something about this. So that I, there ain't going to be no problems as far as receiver-wise, tight end-wise, running backs on the Chiefs. We address the offensive line. We address the receivers, you know, getting guys signed. I, I think we're going to be at a good place, man. I really do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm excited to have another guy with, you know, because Watt doesn't have the speed that Hardman does. And having that speed out there all game long with Tyreek and with Kelsey and with everything, all the gadgets we have. So, yeah, I think the offense might even go to a different level this year, even with this O-line and what we have. So, I'm excited, yeah. man. Um, all right, so next concern. Uh, so, CBS this week uh, listed um, from when team to team, like they did with the coaches last week, uh, they went from team to team of the players that they think are the most important to the team's success. Obviously, when you think of the Chiefs, you think Mahomes rough at that. But no, they didn't go with Mahomes. Uh, for the Chiefs, they listed Chris Jones as the biggest key to the team's success in this coming season. Uh, they went on to say, quote, if Jones thrives in his new role, that could bring a new dynamic to the Chiefs' front seven and make them that much more of a force in the AFC as they look to rebound from the Super Bowl loss last year. What do you all think about them? Yeah, I understand Chiefs? what they're trying to say. But I mean, get it correct. You know, 15 is the most important part of our, of our team. I don't care how you look at it, <laughs> or how you want to look at it. You know, mm-hmm. Patrick's the key piece to our team. Now, I, I Chris will be an important part depending on how he plays this this defensive end role because uh, it can be very big. You know, especially since we've uh, added another piece on the defensive line to try to bulk up on the, the bulk up the inside and you know going into it we don't you know most teams aren't going to know if he's going to be in the middle or if he's going to come off the edge and so that also gives us an advantage as, as to how uh Aaron Donald plays you know it kind of takes a double team off when you get to move those big guys around so I like the movement um it's just a matter of how how well he plays it how quick he comes off that edge um now bull rush I think he can bull rush most tight ends um and, and and most ta- well, I don't say most tackles, but uh, a lot of them uh, to get to the quarterback. So it's it's a big move. This it's, a, it's a, it, it can work out in our favor. I really hope it does uh, for our sake as fans uh, and for the team uh, and for him also. Um, but but you know, fifteen still is the number one key piece of this team. Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt about that. Uh, but if we, we just talking about Chris Jones himself and his ability, right? Uh, I mean, it really frees him up when you have Jerry Reed comes in, right? Defense tackle. And now you have Chris Jones, and that's a great point, he, is because now he's one-on-one with the guy as opposed to getting double-teamed. Now, he was getting pressures being double-teamed and sometimes triple-teamed. Now he's got just one joker to get past? Oh, shoot. It, he, he's going to eat somebody's lunch. That's for sure. Yeah. So I, I, I like that part of it. And if he's just able to collapse that pocket, and I'm just looking at the quarterbacks that hate things like that, right? You're talking about Baker Mayfield at week one. You get that joke in the pocket, start collapsing on him. He, he's not that big. You know, I mean, he, the walls start crashing in on him. You, you're going to take a whole lot away from him. And so Chris will just, you know, he'll have that where part of, I think, what I've seen in the past from our defensive end play on the outside is maybe that integrity of holding up that end, Right. That's been part of the problem where maybe it just be against a run or if like a guy's trying to, you know, get on the pass, he, he's got such long arms. And like you said, he's so strong. 
he could, you know, push a tackle back, come off of him, shed him, and come off to make the play. So that's that's going to help out tremendously. And I and I know the secondary is going to appreciate it. <laughs> you know, they're going to appreciate it because they know every single time he's just going to come off and he's getting one on one up there. Yeah, that's going. Yeah, that's that's going to help out a whole lot. That's going to help out a whole lot, man. I'm I'm excited to see him play this 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 year. I hope he gets a lot of uh, opportunities out there defensive end. Um, and you know who, who knows? Who knows, man? He he might shoot make Pro Bowl from defensive tackle to defensive end. You know what I mean? Which would be tremendous for him to go and do. I I, I like to see something like that happen, right? Seeing a guy like that go from defensive tackle to defensive end and still make a Pro Bowl. It just shows how electric of a player he really is. Now, for because this is something he's he, he's been pushing for this, like playing DN for for years since he's been in, in the league. Well, it's kind of like what would be the general like I guess coaching coach's reason as to why they wouldn't want him to do this before this year? Why why hasn't he played DN before in the in the NFL? What would be the reason behind that? I mean, he's he's labeled as a tackle. Uh, now, the only reason I can see him wanting to make that transition. It's because of the double teams. You look at Aaron Donald and what he's done, it's easy for uh, the Rams to move him around because I don't care who you're playing, you have to double 99. Right. And I'm sure Chris has, has noticed the, the transition of what Aaron's done and sees himself as the same caliber of a player. So he's like, hey, let me do the same thing. You know, I can add, I can add pressure coming off the edge. I can add pressure off the, up the middle, but I'm not given that opportunity. Um, and I don't want to take away from what we have at, at our defensive ends at Frank Clark. Um, God, I forget who we got on the, on the other, other side. Taco. Yeah. yeah. But for for him to be on the move like that, we all know, and I'm pretty sure those guys know, that Chris is our best interior lineman, hands down, uh, year in, year out. So to have him uh, be able to move around and, and to, to do the things that Aaron Donald has done uh, to show his talents, his speed, his, his, his strength. Um, it, it helps him, and it also helps the defense. I mean, I kind of wish we had done it earlier instead of him having to bring it to, you know, to the coaches uh, to let them do it. Because as we've seen with Aaron Donald, I hate to keep saying Aaron Donald, but he's the only guy that, that, that's played the position to, to go inside and outside that we can compare it to. So, yeah, I like it. Well, I'll tell, tell you this. I think part of the problem or part of the reason they haven't done it before is if you think about it, what a defensive tackle does is they keep everybody off the linebackers, right? So sometimes you're, you're, it's a correlation about how they play. So you have to have a stout guy on the inside defensive end. You know, you got more of a skill set guy that can kind of get around, maybe a smaller, skinnier, you know, you know, you just kind of getting that pass rush and the speed on the outside. You don't have to necessarily be a big guy. He just has to be effective. But if you're giving up that inside, that's the worst thing for a linebacker. Any line, great linebacker to tell you, and if you, if you have any good linebackers, they will let you know that part of their success starts with the defensive line in front of them. You know, would you agree with that, E? You know, I mean, heck, that's part of our success on the back end. Yeah, yeah, right. So that, that's why I think the, the, the ability to, to kind of get him out there, he was more needed inside because he was still effective inside. And you need a stout guy, like you said, and going Aaron Donald, you need a guy on the inside who's going to take double teams and, 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 and absolutely cause havoc on the inside. So that's probably part the reason. If you're a defensive end and you wreak it havoc, but you're giving up too much on the inside, you're affecting defensive tackle, your linebackers, 
and, and the whole middle man is just wide open. So you, you don't want to do that. So I think that's that's the reason they moved about there right now. So got any, uh, they got the you know the young guy that we drafted. Hopefully he comes along. Uh, you know we don't know how how Frank Clark's situation is going to work out. Uh, you know there's questions right now as far as defensive end is 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 what they're going to do. But if they get some some snaps out there, and I know he's he's not going to be out there all the time. It's going to help. It's going to help out the defense for sure. Yeah, I, and I will say Mahomes and then with this this possible Chris Jones move, which could take us to another level on defense. I I, I do say Mahomes and Chris Jones are two keys to uh, success this year. Would you guys agree with that, Mahomes then Jones? Yeah, absolutely. All right. On the on the same page here. Um, all right. So our final topic tonight, we don't have a guest coming on. However, we do have a chief concern fan who messaged us and emailed us all the way from Nairobi, Kenya. His name's Dennis. Um, his concern that he has, he said he watched our show, loves our show, but he said there's one thing that he's been kind of, you know, not triggered by, but there's one concern that he has is in our secondary, and he wanted to get your guys' take on it. Um, he says, are you guys concerned as to how young and inexperienced the secondary unit will be this season without a veteran presence in Bashad Breland? And he's specifically talking about the cornerbacks, obviously not our safety um, standpoint with Matthew. But what is your take on the current cornerback unit that we have going into? Uh, all the all those guys have had some experience playing. So, uh, but you, when you and, and you can't really say that and not mention Matthew and and so uh, right Thornton. Yes, yeah. because they're basically the captains of the secondary, you know, and they're gonna they're gonna make sure that these guys are 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 are, are up to speed at what they need to do uh, physically and mentally, and and take control of that back the secondary. So youth doesn't really play into it uh, for me, I, I, you know, because Ward's gotten a lot of playing time last year. I think he's really he stepped up. Um, Sneed, I, I, all these guys are pretty good to me. And I, like I said, just with the play of the, the safeties alone, and you can bring in two rookie guys, and I I still be confident within the secondary. Yeah, that, that's that that is important because you know they do have some some games under their belt. So young, uh, you could be youthful and still have experience, and they've gotten that. So that that's a good thing. But like he says, which is another a great point, is you have Sorson and you have Matthew back there. So you got a pro bowler who's going to put you in and make sure you're in the right place. You got two smart guys back there who's directing everybody what they need to do, what position you need to be in. And so they're going to communicate what it is that, you know, hey, how you have to play. This is who we're looking at. And so they're going to teach them in a, and I'm, I'm talking about film room, right? We're talking about on the field, all the communication. So when you when you have that, where that leadership is so key, uh, I'm not really worried about the youth of it. You know, you got you got guys that's coming in uh, who's played other places, right? Bearing, you know, off injuries, but they 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 got some they got some games on their belt. Yeah, like you said, it's not really you know rookies, and that's a good thing because you're not really dealing with like rookie guys who just come from college who's trying to adjust to the speed of the game. That's a whole different conversation, you know, to get into. That's totally different. These guys, man, they they've been in the fire, but shoot, those soldiers in the back, they're gonna make sure they're on point, man. Exactly. I mean, even if even if you were to bring in rookies, I think that that uh, Matthew Sorensen have, have had enough experience to know that, OK, I can cheat a little bit because I know what the defense is. I, I know this. I know my guy's weakness. I know his strengths. Mm -hmm. So I can cheat a little bit to help him out or to even show face 
to pretend like I'm, I'm helping out here to give my guy a little bit of an advantage here. I yeah. just think that our two safeties have enough experience within themselves, especially being pro bowlers and, and, and the way that Sorensen came out and played last year uh, with all the big plays that he made to where um, the, the, the youth of the corners just doesn't that, – that doesn't really bother me. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. So when, when, did you, when did you feel like you adjusted to the speed of the game when you came in? How long did it take you? Ooh, training camp. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So, so. I mean, because you got to understand, Andy, my training camp was against Randy Moss every year. That's right. Well, shoot. Yeah. And Chris Carter. So, <laughs> yeah. So I, I had, I had, some, I had some dogs to go up against. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't like I just had to say, um, you know, I'm not ready. I haven't seen this before. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what to. Nah. I'm thrown in the fire day one. <laughs> Right, right. That's good. That's good. And I think I, I'm, I'm thankful for that, man, because I had that's all I had was just Hall of Famers in front of me my first year. Didn't really have – well, training camp, man, it was tough. But, like, every single week it was like a Hall of Famer in front of me. Every single yeah. week it was crazy. I'm just like, I don't know who gets baptized by fire like this, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go through them real quick. Reggie White, Bruce Smith, Charles Mann, Charles Haley – Kevin Green, Greg Lloyd. This is what I had. This is this every week it was like it. Every week I'm like, oh Lord, oh Lord, you know. John Randall out there too. John Randall, man, we <laughs> man. Every week, every week, they were just coming. They were just keep. They kept coming, and all I could see was just you know the films, the highlight films. You know the you know back in the yeah. day they used to do the highlights. They used to have it real like you know you see them like. Running in slow motion, you know, making a yep. play. It was like I could see in my head. You know, but yeah, man, it, it's tough. But yeah, Randy Moss, uh, 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 Carter. Who's the other guy they had up there? It was, uh, oh, uh, I want to say Reed. Hatchet. Reed. I know they had, they had Hatchet for a while. Uh-huh. And then later they brought in, uh, who's the guy that's working with NFL TV? Nate. Nate Burleson. Nate Burleson. Yep. Yeah. And uh, Jake yeah. Reed too. Jake Reed was up there. You remember Jake Reed? Jake Reed, yes, that's Dale Carter's brother. So Jake, Jake was on the outs when I got there. Okay, he was there for the for the first year, and then it, it took over. Uh, it was Chris Carter and, and, and Randy Moss. Hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. You had to be. Oh, right. His name was Matthew Hatchet. Matthew Hatchet. I don't remember him. Yeah, he remember. was. He was. I think he was the third receiver. Okay. What, what year did Marcus Robinson get there? Not sure. They still. Have, I mean, just years. I mean, spanning from years from what from uh with the Dante Cole to Dante Cole for years. They they had led a lot of good weapons. They had a lot of weapons. Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they had the main. They had the, they had the main weapon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> weapon X. Yeah. <laughs> a, a, a deer it looked like a deer running through. Yeah. And a, a hatchet guy, that sounds like he, he he was in the three-point stands running in, in out there wide receiver. I ain't never heard yeah, that. I don't know why. <laughs> it was it was funny covering him because he always had us, you know, he, he's got this 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 accent that's funnier than than anything. And oh. everything that comes out of his mouth is 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 like a joke. You know, he, he's got a conversation that every time he's lining up, uh, and yet if the ball is coming his way. 
Yeah. You won't hear anything. But for the most part, Randy will have a conversation anytime he lines up in front of you. Wow. Well, what would, what would Randy say? What's some of the stuff he would say, man? So I, I was basically known as a physical corner. And he knew that because of training camp. And I remember the game that we played him, and it was always, come on, 44, don't be putting your hands on me now, 44. It's a run, it's a, it's a run play that ain't even coming your way. And so I'm like, man, you think I'm about to believe this here? And all of a sudden, he go the other way. So he could say, he, he hit me with it. Oh, so now you believe me, huh? He said, now, if, if they're going to throw the ball to me, they're going to throw the ball to me. But I'm going to let you know if it's a run play, don't be putting your hands on me for the fall. I got you. Now, as far as like, cause, I mean, back in those days, it was T.O. Um, and Randy Moss. Did, did you ever go, uh, go up against T.O.? I did. Was he a, was he like a trash talker or was he more like? No. The, the only other guy that I, I played against that talked trash was Ocho Cinco. Um, but again, my my game against those guys, those, those the big name guys, they didn't really do much against me. The only guy that had that, that's a Hall of Famer right now that that got the best of me was Marvin Harrison. Now, a lot of smaller name, you know, short uh, career guys have come out and made some plays against me, and that's kind of where uh, I keep you know explaining it to people like that's how. I've always like they say they lull you to sleep, yeah. Because yeah. you always think that the ball's not coming their way because it's like a you know somebody that's not really big time for uh, for the team, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden out of nowhere a ball just pops up, and so that you just get get caught slipping. But uh, when you play against guys like Randy uh, or Chad Johnson and, and Terrell Owens, and you you you, you tuned so. in, tuned in, yeah. Well, I was gonna say, don't feel bad about Marvin, man. He, he he's got a lot of people on his list. You know? Oh yeah, I know that. So <laughs> don't feel bad, shoot. It happens. It happens to the best of us. That's just how it works. Now, one last thing about our secondary, um, and this is something because you know you talk about your training camp experiences going against um, the Minnesota Vikings. Now, with our young corners um, going against Tyree Kill and Patrick Mahomes every day. I mean, that's that's got to I mean, that, does that also help also with, you know, getting like kind of, you know, introduced to the league, not really not introduced to the league, but like, you know. Oh, it does. Like, so my explanation, when, I, when we talk about my college uh, years, the best team that I ever played up against in college, I saw every day at practice was our offense, even though we knew what our offense was running almost every play because we were just an option team. But you got some of the hardest hits. You got some of the most aggressive play and, you know, some of the most intense moments at practice, you know, and, and when you go out uh, to play a game, you know, it's basically some of those games because we were such a good team in college. Some of those games were like, walk, they were walkthrough, you know, not, not much of a challenge. And I'm not trying to put those teams down or those players down, but, you know, you go up against our offense back in those days, you got, you got to bring your lunch, yeah. bring your lunch and a pillow. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, shoot, because I mean, you think about it, you're going to get the best offense every single day, right? The best exactly. receiver. And so when you come into a game and you watch oh, uh, Gum Gumshoe Joe walk out here, you're like, oh, man, shoot, I've had, had Tyreek all week. Oh, yeah. we had him. You know, he's joking around out here running, you know, he can't run to save his life. Dude, it's going to be easy for me this week. So, yeah, so that that is an advantage to see those guys every single day. You know, they're competing. They're competing because they, they just want to be great. So, when you think about it, safeties, linebackers, you're going against Kelsey. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, it's just week in, 
week out, every single day, you're seeing these guys at practice. So, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a plus. Yeah, definitely an advantage. Yeah. And, I mean, and- who are you going to be scared of? Who you gonna, who, who you going to line up you going to be scared of? To be honest. Nobody. I mean, nobody. Shoot. You got the fastest guy in the league. You got the best tight end in the league. So. <laughs> right. And the best quarterback. So, well, yeah, that, there it is. No excuses. <laughs> Uh, and, and I think another thing that people don't talk about much is, and Eric, you can kind of speak to this, is now we talk about Sorensen, we talk about Matthew, but we also have Wild Thornhill and uh, Rashad Fenton, two, uh, two guys who get, who get who are all, always involved all over the field, really. Every time Rashad Fenton's in the game, I, he's all over the ball. Um, I, I mean, I think that just kind of adds to the fact that we have four safeties that we can put out there at, 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 any, given, at any given moment. Um, if Fenton can play cornerback too, if Fenton's all over the field, I I, I love Rashad Fenton. I think he's one of my most underrated players we have in our, in our secondary. Um, yeah, but- I think we overall, I just think we have a good crew. You know, as I said earlier, just having Sorensen and Matthew alone um, adds so much. Uh, you know, I don't. What do you call that? Um, seasonal, I guess. Uh, play because these guys have so much experience um, that they bring. And, you know, Tyron being one of the top safeties in the league uh, for the last few years, uh, just it just it it takes that fear away from me uh, to to say that, you know, we're a young, unexperienced secondary. uh, Because right now, all the guys that we have that we have have played and they played well. And uh, I think that they um, they have what it takes to get it done. I think, man, the best way to sum it up, man, is we, we've gotten better offensively and defensively. We just got a much better team than what we've had in the past, you know. And it's not taken away from the guys that, that has, has left. I just think just the core, like you said, the core unit of guys where they're at and where they play have gotten better. And I, I, I'm just, you know, another year, guys are playing, you know, offensively, got better offensive linemen, so it's going to make your receivers and everything else better. You know, defense alignment comes in, it's going to make your secondary better. So I think yeah. it's just you, – you've just increased. you just gotten a better team total. I agree. Yeah. And looking forward to Mike Hughes and DeAndre Baker, two former first-round picks who haven't really gotten to play much through because of injuries. And this year, hopefully, they can get on the field and we can see if they do play up to their first-round potential that they had. So and, 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 uh, two, other, two other ones in there who could, you know, potentially do big things for us on the defense. So, yeah, looking forward to it on both sides of the ball. All right, guys. Well, that does it for us for Chief Concerns uh, presented by Bet Online. As always, if anyone has any concerns for these two, please tweet at us at, at concernschief or uh, email us at chiefconcerns at yahoo.com. Um, you can listen to our podcast on Believe Podcast Network, Apple, anywhere you can find a podcast or our YouTube channel at Chief Concerns. We'll see you next week. We're going to have a couple guests on next week, and uh, we're looking forward to that to, um, to hear some of the Chiefs' kingdom. So, Wait. Good night, gents. Have a good one, guys. Y'all be good. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.